Hey, welcome back. Another episode of Cactus Adventures with your friendly hosts, Mike, Michael and Lee. We're here to entertain you for the next uh, few minutes, so grab a seat, make yourselves comfortable, get a little drinky drinky on the go maybe. Have you guys got a drink today? Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got an ice water. It's steaming hot here in Sapporo today. It's Glass of wine. So in Japan, it's really, really hot. And down here in uh, New Zealand and Australia, it's freezing. So we're drinking some alcohol to keep ourselves warm. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got a glass of red wine. What's the style? Nick, you know? Nick, Nick, Nick's to the fire. Um, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. It's a gift um, for house sitting. So. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a Merlot. Classic winter wine. Next to the log burner. Yeah, I'm I'm looking after cats and dogs. They're all sleeping next to the fire. It's the best place to be. Sure is. So the other day I was um, on Wikipedia and I don't know what I was doing. I was just like, it was really late at night and I was just mucking around, but I was reading these stats. It was like, statistics on New Zealand culture or something like that. I can't even remember what it was, but I read that uh, it says on the, on this Wikipedia page that Kiwis have a propensity to travel long and far. And that just kind of got me thinking a little bit about like, why is it that so many Kiwis are known for traveling long distance and what is it about being from New Zealand that makes us want to travel, you know, and, we're kind of known for the big OE thing and thought maybe we could talk about that a little bit and uh, explore what it means to be from New Zealand and what it means to travel as a Kiwi overseas. Um, You know, why, why is it sort of easy for Kiwis to travel overseas? Lee, do you want to, do you want to start out by telling us your story? Cause you're in, you're in Australia at the the moment, obviously. Like how did you end up there? So actually I sort of came to Australia first just to sort of see what it was like here and travel around and maybe work for a little bit but I've ended up staying here for like almost like seven years or something now. I actually haven't been back in New Zealand since I came over here. So yeah, I really like it over here, but um, you know, the thing, the thing was like, it's easy to, for Kiwis to come to Australia. Uh, and lots, lots of us do. We live over here. We work over here, whatever, but um, heaps of Kiwis go overseas, especially at like a young age. Um, and we tend to go to like some places that aren't so, you know, nice as well. Like a lot of people, their first sort of idea of travel is, uh, we're going to go to Europe or, or somewhere like that, where it's like nice and clean and safe and easy. Yeah. But, um, heaps of Kiwis I talk to are like really keen on these parts of the world that aren't so safe and, you know, aren't so like at the top of most people's travel lists. Yeah. Um, I think I was reading somewhere that like between January and March of this year, 2020. Uh, so that's even as the, as the COVID virus stuff was starting, um, there were at least a hundred thousand Kiwis still overseas traveling at that time. And at the moment it's up to like 3 million returning residents. So that's how they measure it. Um, they measure it by how many, permanent residents of New Zealand come back into New Zealand through the border. 
And so it's about 3 million a year at the moment, which is like massive because population of New Zealand is only like four and a half or something. Right? Are, you, are you saying that the, there are 3 million people every year? Well, this year is kind of a different one, but 3 million. It's, it's more 3 million trips, not necessarily 3 million different people, uh, but okay, 3 okay, million okay. Yeah. Yeah. returning passengers. Well, six, right? Yeah. Yeah, six million. That's right, because one and a half million of us live overseas, yes. um, which is another thing that we, you know we'll have to talk about down the line because that's that's a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting to me as well that those numbers are rising quite rapidly. Like in two thousand and twelve, that was only about two million trips overseas. It's a huge and increase. So just in a few years, jumped up by a million, yeah. um, which is massive. So I don't know if that's like you know a small group of people doing a lot of trips every year or is it that a lot of Kiwis from various walks of life are getting out there and, and seeing the world more and more? Well, I mean, from my perspective, it's the whole, the whole travel thing is a rite of passage. Like as, as a New Zealander, there's almost like an expectation of sorts to go out and start traveling. Um, if you don't go to university after you leave, leave uh, high school, a lot of people will just go traveling or whatever. Um, or if you don't go, sort of go and study. So like, I remember when I was, uh, I must have been about 16 years old, my best friend when I was going through high school was back with Simon and he's German. And the whole time we were like excited about leaving for Europe. So we planned to go to Europe and, and all the rest of it. But like that, was, like, that was part of my expectations of myself when I was a child. Does that make any sense? Like there's just- this Yeah, totally. Where, where do you think that expectation like comes from? Well, I don't know, like all of the rest of my family's traveled. My, my uncle lived overseas. My father's from Japan, you know, uh, my, 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 um, my great, my, sorry, my grandmother, my, my a massive part of my family's from Australia. So we traveled a little bit when we were, we were kids as well. There's just, and also like, there's just this thing like, we were a colony, you know, that's like part of our identity as New Zealanders. We, that we came from somewhere else in the first place. Pretty much, you know, and, and New Zealanders at the bottom of the world. And so a lot of New Zealanders just want to go out and experience that stuff. It's just, uh, it's part of what you do, I guess. I really thought about that as well, especially when it comes to being at the bottom of the, of the world and, you know, we're not as exposed to the global culture. I mean, nowadays with the internet, it's a bit different, but it still feels like we're, we're far away, tucked away at the bottom of the world. And maybe for us growing up in New Zealand, it's kind of like this whole, there's a whole big world out there that we're not aware of and we're not connected to as much as everybody else. And we want to get out there and see it. Um, well, and also what uh, you mentioned about the, um, um, you know, being a multicultural society where, you know, if not you, then someone you definitely know growing up in school or something like that is from somewhere else. And so you've got that kind of connection to, to another, another country overseas, even though you're from New Zealand, you know? Yeah. Well, that's uh, evidenced in, in how many New Zealanders hold a passport. 70% of the population is in possession of, of a passport. And that's 70% of the year. 70% and that's compared to say the United States, which 15% um, of the Whoa, population. That's amazing, isn't it? Wow. 15%, but, but, but there is an increase in 1990. It was just 4% of the population that held a passport. 
No shit. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So like the whole yeah. the whole thing about, you know, there's an expectation to go travel, I think there's definitely like um there's definitely an expectation to go travel, but not that long ago, only thirty years ago, there was only four percent of the people who were holding like passports. So Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe it's a more recent phenomenon than what I thought. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. So, what about when we travel to other places? What do you think it is about Kiwis being able to go to lots of different places in the world? I mean, obviously, having a New Zealand passport is a big deal. It's like, I think, on the list of of most accepted passports, uh, it's you know number seven or eight on there number one um, I, I recently i recently uh saw an article that because, because of the covid stuff um now it's first equal with japan so right. <laughs> wow and by the way i have both of those passports so. <laughs> <laughs> you're sorted man. <laughs> so it's, it's one of the most sought after passports because it's, it can get you into most. it's the most. almost almost all countries and a lot of countries don't require a visa if you have a New Zealand passport. So it's really easy, right? Yeah. So obviously there's that, but I think there's some like other not as obvious things that make Kiwis, um, well, sort of like good travelers, like everywhere I've been overseas, when I've mentioned that I'm Kiwi, people say things like, Oh, you're from New Zealand. New Zealanders are always nice people and da, 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 da. When I've asked about other people's, you know, other cultures that have traveled there, sometimes it's not the same answer. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that, that, that comes down to. I think that generally people in New Zealand are pretty relaxed. I mean, so I can kind of talk about it from, um, it was really, who was I talking to the other day? Ah, I was talking to an Australian actually. Um, he was, he's on holiday here in Sporo and he was down at, down at our bar and um, he's like, yeah, it's amazing going back home. Um, and I was like, yeah, it, it's so it's so good. And I was recounting the story basically of when I went back a year, more than a year ago now, and I went to the the bank and I was standing in line. And in Japan, it's a very individualized society. There's no closeness really in public or like amongst people in that in that respect. But anyway, I was at the bank in New Zealand, and the woman just kind of asked me how I was, and I wasn't used to that at all, and it totally floored me. Like there is like I think Kiwis just generally are quite a friendly, friendly, easygoing bunch of people, and New Zealanders possibly don't really realise that until it's put in the context of other, of other places. So I definitely think Kiwis are more like generally a little bit more um, more friendly. And... Yeah, it's definitely like a laid back attitude, and of course, like as you say, it's really hard for us to think about that. But when you contrast it with other cultures, Kiwis are extremely polite, like to the point where it's almost annoying. I think the only other culture that's, <laughs> that's known for that is Canadians. And people always say, oh yeah, Canadians and Kiwis, they got a lot in common, but really it's just cause we're like overly polite, you know, um, easily adjustable as well. You know, like somebody says to us, oh, this, this thing's not going to happen today. We're kind of just like, yeah, whatever, you know, it'll happen <laughs> if, if ever. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think maybe it's, it's just like that those societies that are on the edge of, because Canada is sort of like, it's, you know, it, it includes like um, the Arctic, you know, that's as, as and, north as you can go. Yeah. 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 And so it's got that sort of like, like, 
survival uh, isolated mentality and when when you when you are say like an island nation it pays to get along even if uh -huh. you don't like that person you'll still be like polite to them because because we have to rely on one another in order to and yeah that's it, it's something of like a, a settler smaller society you know but there's a funny we're only at five million people so there's a funny thing about that though because by the same token that should apply to america as well where they were settled by the english and they moved westwards towards you know towards the pacific and they had to kind of get along but i mean you know for the most part americans are a little bit different from kiwis you know what I yeah mean? but if you're told to like swear an allegiance to the flag and that america is number one at every Thing in the world and it's the, the the greatest place that everyone in the world wants to come to then you're gonna go and it's big it's big there's a lot of diversity within that nation you're gonna go well yeah if this is the greatest place on earth and I love it that much well I'm gonna stay here you know and you got plenty of options there's there's so many states to choose from you oh, can yeah, find uh, your little uh, slice you know are you talking about how insular like those people like yeah so, yeah 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 I mean, it's a massive country so it's quite different. yeah it is it is yeah um mike have yeah, you had any experiences like when you while you've been traveling when um like someone's pointed out or like you know someone's commented on you being from, from new zealand particularly like when you went uh, to America? um well when i mention i'm from new zealand and a beekeeper people always mention manuka honey because yeah. no matter where you go in the world people know Manu new zealand manuka honey oh there you go that's a big <laughs> they house, end up in that conversation every time um, <laughs> so uh, i'll tell you a little story about uh when I went to Goa, this is the first time I was in India. It was like 2016. Um, and we took, I was traveling with a, a bunch of people. It was like myself, my girlfriend, Charlie, uh, my best mate, Frankie, who's also from Nelson. Um, so it was three Kiwis. And we also had two Greeks, a Greek couple with us. And we also had a German guy and an Israeli guy. So we had this kind of like little travel group going and we were going from Rajasthan to Goa, which is like 36 hours on the train or something ridiculous. So by the time we got into Goa, we were like completely wrecked. You know, we'd been on this disgusting train for like hours and hours and hours, smelly and hot and we hadn't eaten enough and we hadn't slept enough. And we got into Goa, the town we got into is called Maragao. It's sort of like a big central town. It's not not on the beaches. There's like nothing to see or do there. There's not even much accommodation, but um, that's where the main train station was. So we got into there and we had to like basically get out of there straight away. There was nothing to do, but we were there at like four o'clock in the morning and um, we waited around for a while until we could find a taxi. It took us ages to find a taxi. And then we finally got in a taxi and it was about an hour and a half drive away to the beach that we were trying to get to. I think it was Baga Beach, if I remember correctly. Um, so anyway, we jump in this taxi and it's like, you know, one of these little minivan things so we could all fit in the one taxi. 
and as soon as we get into the big city, we see like a line of taxis stopped at this um, traffic stop. Like the police had set up like a, a blockade in the street and they were only letting like one lane of traffic go through very slowly. So we get up to this line and we're waiting to get let through the police stop. And the taxi driver starts explaining to us that it's like this big um, election that day. And it's like five o'clock in the morning and there's just like cops everywhere. Cause apparently the, when they have a big election over there, all of the cops get out and pretend to like be very thorough and hardworking and put on a big show for the big bosses, you know, like it's basically the only day of the year that you can find a cop anywhere when you need him. Um, so they were putting on this big show. Right? It's five o'clock in the morning. They're pulling tourists out of cars. They're searching their bags and the taxi driver's telling us that like, you know, they could pull us over and it could be hours before they let us go. And they'll want to check all sorts of paperwork and blah, 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 blah. And he was like asking us to like get our passports ready and stuff. And, you know, we're like, okay, here we go. We're going to be stuck here. And we hadn't had sleep in hours, some of us for days at that point. So we were just like not keen. Um, so we get up to the cop and uh, the taxi driver's talking to him. And uh, he wants to ask us some questions. So I kind of like quickly said to the group, like, just let me do the talking and we'll see if we can get out of it quickly. And so the cop comes around and opens up the door um, to the back. And he says, uh, where are you guys from? Are you from Russia? Are you from Israel? Because they have a lot of Israelis and Russians going to Goa and partying and, you know, getting involved in drugs and all kinds of scenes there. And, um, a lot of trouble for them obviously uh when those countries get involved and the consulate wants to hear from them uh and so before anybody could open their mouths i just go to the cop uh oh we're all from new zealand and i just like hold up my passport <laughs> like that showing new zealand on the front and he goes oh new zealand brad mccullum very good cricket and he just like <laughs> waves us cool. through man oh, no cool. kidding straight away he just like gives the driver a nod and Within two minutes, we were on yeah, the way like again. No problems. New Zealand no more cricket is diplomatic uh, fucking plan, eh, man? I wanted to be like, yeah, Brett McCullum's my uncle, man, or something, but I didn't even need to, you know? He was just like, that's it, <laughs> done. As soon as I said we were from New Zealand, he took one quick look around us, and, and he was convinced, and that but was it. And we got let through while these other poor German tourists were having their bags taken apart. You know, all their clothes are all over the road and stuff. Just like, so that was definitely a big kind of like, after that, I thought like, wow, that guy just, was he really a big fan of New Zealand or do we kind of have a reputation for being, you know, not troublemakers around the world? It really got uh, me thinking. There's a couple of things in that. Like I would point to how New Zealand has sold itself overseas, like really, really well. So, yeah. like, New Zealand has a really good reputation overseas, and the people are friendly and blah, 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 blah. But actually, like, stems from how other countries see us, not just in who they've met, but they've already got this preconceived notion of, of, of who we are. Um, and, like, a really good example about that is, like, I was at a bar uh, must, like, a few days ago, and someone asked me where I was from. They're Japanese. Um, and I said New Zealand, and they're like, oh, my God, like, um, New Zealand's done so well with COVID, you know? 
<laughs> and and uh, and then yeah. from there, yeah. and then you know, or someone talks about rugby, or someone talks about Lord of the Rings, or some other stuff like that. Like the way that New Zealand's branded itself and marketed itself to overseas people has been really, 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 really good. And I think New Zealand is like generally is is a pretty good country to live in. And so that's also had a lot of um, a lot of positive feedback as well for other people from overseas. Well, also, like, just the fact that 70% of your population has a, a passport and and travels the world with that passport as well, that, you know, that's from a lot of first-hand experiences around. Like, uh, I remember when I was at college um, or high school, uh, the deputy principal was like is like casually sponsored by a mountain bike company and he is a, a <laughs> you know semi pro mountain biker and he he ended up going to uh palestine and when he was there some guys came out and were like oh american american you know like fucking you know, just giving him shit. And he's like, no, 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 I'm from New Zealand. And he like, he's, he was a geography teacher. So he like drew a map of the world with a stick in the sand. And then was like, he's like, America, no. And then like, New Zealand. And they're like, oh, New Zealand, yeah. And then he like hung out with them, you know, for for the afternoon. So yeah. like, yeah, that, that happens often. A lot. Uh, a speaking lot. on, uh, speaking on, on, uh, l- like rugby as like uh, something New Zealand's famous for. Um, uh, I know someone who, uh, if he needs to get into a certain country in in Southeast Asia, um, he's on a, he's on his on his yacht, and um, when he goes into customs the guy there is like a massive all blacks fan <laughs> and so <laughs> he just hooks him up with like jerseys and shit <laughs> just like yeah, hey mate right. you know like yeah and like yeah this, uh, <laughs> bribing in other words just like like <laughs> it's a glow it's a global got a global fan base and like is just so closely so it's not just a sport it's so closely associated with the nation you know yeah absolutely even mm. though it's in decline as a like participatory sport yeah well new zealand is also kind of like a legendary travel destination for a lot of people around the world very much and i think that when you say to someone you're from new zealand that opens up for them this whole curiosity and they want to know what it's like for you, you know, where you come from and what it's like in New Zealand, because it's kind of got this like, not necessarily unattainable, but it's not the easiest place to get to, you know, we're at the, we're at the bottom of the world. It's basically as expensive as it can be to get to anywhere. Yeah. But it's Um, so much cheaper than what it, what it was, man. So like what, what could have contributed to New Zealand is traveling more in, also the world more because like global tourism is growing or until COVID was growing very fast just because flights are cheap and yeah 
But there's, there's another thing about that though, which is people from overseas think it's far away. It may not be far away. And from a New Zealand perspective, like 10 hour flight or, you know, a 12 hour flight, oh, it's not that bad. But from a lot, for a lot of people, <laughs> it's yeah. a long, long, long way. And we, if we have to travel anywhere from New Zealand, it's going to be at least three hours. And that's to Australia, which is our neighbor. Whereas if they have to travel like a long way, they might not be used to it, blah, 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 blah. So it's this, yeah, this right. around like around how far away New Zealand is. Do you think that's partly to blame for why Kiwis tend to go for longer trips as well? Just because it's, it's so far away. If you're going to be on a plane for 24 hours, you're going to want to travel for at least a few months, right? Like you're not just going to go for three weeks and then, and then fly all the way back from Europe or something. Well, I mean, yeah. if you lived in, like my buddy, she lives in Wales at the moment and she's just like, oh, you know, I can literally go to Europe for the weekend. And to us, that just sounds like madness. I mean, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to just go to like Prague for the weekend. Yeah, and take a train there, you know, you don't even have to fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. For us, and that's just out of the question completely. Absolutely. And she said like when she first got there, figuring out how cheap the flights were, um, she probably shouldn't fly because of the, you know, for the environmental sort of costs and all the rest of it. But mm. um, it's so incredibly cheap. And so like, yeah, New Zealand is like, that, that, you know, for us to get there takes 24 hours you're going to want to stay for a while. Yeah, true. And do you guys think that like growing up in New Zealand, apart from the whole being polite and being level-headed <laughs> and laid back, do you think that there's anything unique to the growing up in New Zealand experience that makes us good at traveling? Like I always hear, you know, people always mention like Kiwi ingenuity, but what does that actually mean? Like I've, I've never heard somebody explain what Kiwi ingenuity is. Does that mean you're good at problem solving or that like, we're good at like handling tough situations well it's it's just sort of that overhang from like the colonial period you know where we where settlers would have to sort of look after themselves or a lot of them got help from maori to survive for a long time you know <laughs> like they were reliant on them because they had the food and production and you know were quite successful traders <laughs> i don't i think it's really it's an interesting kind of question i i think the thing that you alluded to earlier lee about new zealanders being more laid back is a really big thing i mean if you are if you are um traveling overseas and you don't have the ability to sort of take role with what's going on you know like uh previous like our stories and particularly about how you were stuck in that spot and I was stuck in that spot. Like if you don't have the kind of mental, I don't know, flex or the flexibility to be able to handle those situations, traveling would be miserable. It'd be shit. Like, you know, but yeah. if you're able to be more just like chill and just be like, okay, whatever's going on, it's all good. Because that's what happens when you travel, particularly to like some, some of the more kind of weirder spots. So you're just that, problem solving on the go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like my 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 grandparents and my mother have been traveling to uh, probably at least between them at least a hundred countries. Like they travel a lot, but they travel by cruise ship. So there's a whole uh -huh. different thing is in like in there as well. And you know, I've been on a couple. Of, I want to say this, but I've been on four cruises, um, <laughs> and that's a whole different. That's a whole different kind of like travel. Uh, it's more of a holiday than a travel. And I think that's, there is a big distinction between those two as well. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
travel versus like a holiday, like a two week holiday to Fiji or something. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I think maybe my, my time in China was probably that like, you know, I'm a Westerner traveler with a New Zealand passport. I'm, I mean, I, it wasn't anything noticeable, but uh, just the fact that I would manage to get out of that situation, I think was probably associated with the nation I'd come from. Yeah, New Zealand yeah, I mean, and China have a good relationship, you know, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, we can't compare it to like what it's like to be from somewhere else traveling to those places. We, we only have our own experiences, but I definitely feel like Kiwis tend to have a, uh, not an easier time necessarily, but they get a lot out of traveling overseas. Um, you know, we're able to connect with people really well. And that in turn means that you're going to be opened up to more experiences when the locals are like, you know, happy to have you around and keen to, keen to show you around and that sort of thing. And connecting with people on that level is like, it's a huge part of traveling. It, it makes or breaks your experience of a place that you're visiting. Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting stuff. We'll have to do uh, another whole episode about um, Kiwis living overseas because, as we mentioned before, there's one and a half million Kiwis that live overseas, which is a fair chunk of our population. Um, obviously, a lot of those live in Australia, but heaps of them are scattered all over the world. Well, I, I'm just interested, like, you guys have the strongest like is, is there something about living overseas that makes you think about this more like that people talk that diaspora or populate or a diaspora is a population of a nation living overseas do you feel it and like it, it's common for there to be a more stronger association with the identity of the nation because you're away from it and so you think about it more, you know, especially when you're grounded in, at that point in another culture and you see things within, within them and you think that's weird. And then you start to think about the things that your culture does and, and reflect on, on what it is to be a member of that nation. So, so yeah. how, how do you guys, how do you guys, feel about that well that is a really really interesting question and i have loads and loads and loads to say on it but i think lee you've got a jet a yeah any last last info for the for the for the listeners before we come back and tackle that massive massive weighty question that mike just asked, uh, asked us yeah look i think it's definitely an extension of everything that we've just talked about with with traveling you know being kiwis and traveling overseas and um, you know, I, I'm always having that moment when I'm traveling where I tell someone I'm Kiwi and they say, oh, you're from New Zealand, you know, or they say that they really want to want to travel to New Zealand. It's always been a talking point for me. It's always been something that I've been able to um, say to people, you know, look, uh, w what about your culture? And it's, it's always an in, you know, to, to gain more insight about the people that I'm talking to and the places I'm visiting. So for me, it's something I'll, I'll always be interested in that and I'll always be kind of searching for the answer, I think. Should we come back next week and answer that like a little bit more fully? That sounds really good, yeah.
Um, Lee, thanks for a great episode, man. Thank you, guys. It was always good to have a chat. What, how do they contact us again? Adventures Cactus. AdventuresCactus at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience being a Kiwi or living overseas or traveling overseas. Um, what do you think it means to be a New Zealander? What do you think it means to travel overseas? Why is it good? And or bad. why should everyone else do it? <laughs> or yeah. any other number of questions you might have. Or complaints. We also feel complaints. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's uh, Michael's in charge of uh, complaint and uh, uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually like criticism. I just like I, I would deal with complaints. So, but anyway, if if because <laughs> I was actually listening to our, if you haven't listened to uh, uh, episode three, you should listen to it. But I think I made a couple of uh, errors, factual errors, but whatever. I don't care. Basically, if you don't like, email us and have a have a winch. Anyway, um, Look, sorry, Lee. Every good story is embellished a little bit, right? Yes, that, that is true. <laughs> I'm a true fool storyteller, guys. I tell uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, thanks for dropping in, guys. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Next week. See you guys next week.